In the name of the Father, and the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Blessed Lent to everyone. I pray that this season may be a season filled with blessing, benefit, and spiritual growth to all of us. As we are embarking in our Lent journey, the Church puts for us a passage from the Sermon on the Mount, Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. When the Lord Jesus Christ is diverting our attention to things that matter in life. Now, this concept of what matters is a very relative concept because it depends on whom you ask, uh, you might get a different answer. So, yani if, if you go and you talk to an athlete and you ask an athlete, what do you think matters? then an athlete will tell you what really matters is that I win this next game or I score this number of uh, points in that one specific game so I can accumulate this number of points so I can beat whatever record. Okay? So that could be what matters to an athlete. If you talk to a student, for example, you say, what do you think matters the most in your life right now? He says, well, I got a test tomorrow, or I got three tests tomorrow, and I really want to do well because I want to be able to pass this test, I want to achieve this GPA, or so I can apply into this college, right? And, uh, and then to certain other people, uh, after they graduate, what matters is finding a job or a career or getting into a relationship or when people get into a relationship and they get married, right? What matters is now they want to have kids and and they want to raise up the kids and and then it's a cycle, right? So what matters in your life right now, right? You know, may differ from what you think matters the most in your life in about five years from now, ten years from now. And the church today is coming and diverting our attention to something really important. And, and Christ, he says, a very small kind of phrase in the midst of, of what he said, this is, is, isn't life more than food? And is it the body more than just clothes? And, and he's telling us that a lot of times we waste so much time and effort in focusing on things that are uh, very superficial, not things that are deep, not, not things that will impact or affect us eternally, because all of these things are subject to three enemies. Meaning three enemies, he put the three enemies. If three enemies, and one enemy is called moth, one enemy is called rust, and one enemy is called thief. And where moth eats, or rust destroys, or thief steals. And if you think about everything that we own, materialistic, of a materialistic value in, 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 in this earth, is subject to be surrendered willingly or unwillingly to one of those three enemies. Ya imma moth, ya imma rust, ya imma destroy, ya imma thief, asif. And you buy a brand new car, beautiful, shiny, you take it out of the dealer, <coughs> and then you go park it in the sun for a few years, and all of a sudden start rusting, right? And then food, you come, you store food, 
and you put it and then a little bit later and then moth starts eating it, right? And then you say, well, forget car, forget food. There are things that will not be affected by moth or rust. I'm gonna go buy myself uh, some gold, masalan, sah? Gold is uh, not subject moth or rust. But then what happens? Then you get a thief, and then and then the thief comes and, and steals. And no matter how long you keep it, but but after a while it will be surrendered to someone, whether willingly or un or unwillingly. I remember a few years ago my parents' house got broken into and the thief came and he stole everything. He stole even the Egyptian money. Yani he took all the gold and he took even the, the Egyptian money. But then my parents are cool yani, with it. When I went, they were upset, but not over that stuff. But why were they upset? Because after the thief finished stealing everything, he opened the talaga and there was a alba fiha batikh, somewhere in Malik. Okay. So he took the box and he ate the batikh and he finished it. And then he put the alba back in the talaga. And my, bab, my dad was very upset. He said, he finished it. Why did he put it in the hole? He doesn't need to wash it. We'll wash it, but why put it back in there? So they're, they're, my parents, are, my parents are, are funny in a way kind of like this. But, but the point is, what I'm saying is that things that matters to, to us the most, صح? an engagement ring that you got like 50 years ago, it will be eventually surrendered. So God today, I want you to pay attention to what matters most, right? There are treasures that will not, that will not go away. All these things that you worry about and that you care for, God will provide for you regardless because God provides for everybody. Yani God provides for everybody. And, and interestingly, if we look around us and we observe nature, we'll find, I'm sorry, don't be offended by what I'm going to say, but we will find that animals have more faith than us. Animals have more faith than us. Yani an animal, he finds a, a meal. Okay, you, you put him a meal. What is the animal going to do? He's going to eat until he is full. صح? After he's full, is he going to ask for a big bag? Is he going to say, let me take the rest of the food uh, to go? Maybe I can eat it for lunch later or maybe in family. He's going to eat whatever he wants and then whatever is left over, he's going to leave it. Tomorrow, Tomorrow God will provide. They say one time there was a wealthy farmer, he had a lot, and then his, his, his land, his field used to give him a certain amount of crop, a certain amount of grain every year. And he would divide up the grain and he would say, this is for January, this is for February, this is for March, this is, and then for all, this the rest of the whole year, for 12 months. And then one year his field gave him less crop. So he gave him crop, it's only sufficient for 10 months. So he went and he ran to Abuna, Alu Abuna, Ilhani, help, help, Alu, what happened? Alu Abuna, I only, my crop gave me, my, my field gave me enough crop for only 10 months. Alu, okay. Allah, I'm going to live November or December. What am I going to do? How am I going to survive those last two months? 
فراح ابونا قال له طيب I want you to go home ask your missus your, your, your wife okay, to prepare a nice meal and then I want you to meet me in front of the church at night قال له what for ابونا قال له don't worry just listen to me have your wife prepare a nice meal and meet me in front of the church at night so he met him at church and, and the, okay come with me we're going to go make a visit. So he walked with him and then, until he approached a very small, humble home. Abuna told this farmer, Allah, I want you to go knock on the door. You'll find a widow. God is sending you this food. Food for you, dinner today. Okay. He went and he knocked a widow open. This, this wealthy farmer, يعني, God is sending you this meal. Farahat said, thank you so much, we already ate. He looked around in the house and he sees يعني, how poor this house looks. Like, it's okay, if you ate today, keep it for you tomorrow. So the woman looked at him and she says, I've been a widow for 13 years. And I live here alone with my two kids. She has, she has two kids, يعني. And then, and then he tell, she tells him, for the past 13 years, God has been sending me a fresh meal every day. You want me to take this food from you today and eat it tomorrow, one day old? Bayit, akul akli bayit. I don't eat akli bayit. I don't eat one day old. Take it. And tomorrow, God is going to give me a fresh food. God is going to give me fresh food. So this man thought to himself and he says, well, this woman is not even worrying about tomorrow and I'm worrying about what's going to happen in November <laughs> and, and, and after 11 months from now. So this is that circle that sometimes we get stuck in. A lot of times we get stuck in worrying about things that to God... And even to other creatures, okay, are things that are very trivial that you don't really need to think or worry about. And why are you worrying about? You need to lay for yourself a more important treasure. I want you this whole Lent. I want you this whole Lent. And here I am speaking to you the first Sunday of the Lent. I want you to remember this and I'm going to remind you at the end of the Lent, okay? I want you to lay for yourself a treasure called the treasure of mercy. Lay for yourself a treasure called the treasure of mercy. Rahma. Okay? This is what we need to focus on during the period of the Lamb. When I say a treasure of mercy, what do I mean? Have mercy on each other. A treasure of mercy, meaning have mercy on each other. يعني إيه? Be merciful to others. Be merciful to others in what? In the way you look at them. In the way you deal with them. and the way you judge, you, you judge them. Okay? Be merciful to others, people that come and approach you and asking for help. And it doesn't really have to be financial help. It could be a simple help as the help of acceptance. We get people coming into the church here, and when we, they come here, 
we give them kid a vibe immediately that they are outcast or not welcome. Yani, and I've seen this, and I've seen this people that are hopping around from meeting to meeting and trying to be accepted and embraced by us. And oftentimes, and I'm talking to the young youth now, okay, and oftentimes because we think they are not cool or we think that they are not clicking with us, then immediately we do all of our plans in secret after the meeting, we're going out to Mishaaref Ira in a restaurant, or go get some boba or something, then we make sure that they don't find out where we are at because we don't want them, we don't want them there. Is that merciful? Is that merciful? When Jesus says that I was a stranger and you took me in, you accepted me. When I get a young man or a young woman coming into the church here and we give them the cold shoulder like this, they'll be all, whatever you do unto any of these little, my brother, you do it unto me. You do it, you do it to Christ himself. You're giving Christ the cold shoulder, he's going to give you a cold shoulder too. But, but we don't want that. We want on the day of judgment when he sees, he sees us, you will come here, blessed of my father. Come and inherit the kingdom that has been prepared for us. Treasure of mercy. Treasure of mercy. Treasure of mercy on giving out to those that are in need. Al-Anba Ibrahim, the bishop of Fayyum, he never kept money with him. Why? Because he understood that every time he got something, he immediately, he immediately wired it over to his heavenly, to his heavenly account. They gathered a large sum of money and they gave it to him in order for him to build a nice residence for, for the diocese. And then they send him the engineers in the evening, in the same day in the evening, علشان to sit down and to plan and the architect and to to all the, the drawing and, and everything. And then they say, what are you here? He says, we're, we're here to, to help you build the diocese, the residence. I already built it. Already built it where, Sayyidina? No, I already built it in heaven. Because before they, come, they had come, he had already given away the money. I'm not telling you not to be wise. I'm not telling you not to plan for the future. But I'm telling you, to remember what the Bible says, يعني, if we have the food and the clothing, it is sufficient. Anything that is beyond this that we are restoring for years to come, those years to come are not going to come. Okay? So we need to store for us, lay for yourself treasure in heaven where moth does not eat, nor rust destroys neither the thief will come and will steal. This is a safe place to lay your, your stuff. A couple of months ago, and this will shock you actually guys, a couple of months ago, I have a friend who told me a crazy story that happened to him where his bank, his bank 
And this is, I'm not going to say the name of the bank, but this is a very well-reputable bank here in, in America. His bank broke his safe deposit box and stole $70,000 out of his safe deposit box in cash. Okay. You're not supposed to put cash in your safe deposit box. But, but if you put money in your safe deposit box thinking that it's safe there, the bank actually broke the box. He went to the bank to access his box. Alulu, we have no record of your box. Alulu, what do you mean? He even showed them the key. This is my key. Alulu, well, go home and we'll call you in a couple of days. A couple of days, they called them and they say, oh, we found your box and we, we wanted to verify that it's you, so we broke it. <laughs> So he went and $70,000 was gone. Don't think there anything here is safe. There is nothing safe. The only place that is safe for you to store is in heaven. Because this is not going to go anywhere. God will not forgive a cup of cold water that you give to someone who is thirsty. He's not going to forget as if a cup of cold water that you give to someone who is thirsty. So... As we're approaching the land and as we continue to hear the deacons chanting out for the whole entire period of the land, blessed are those who have a mercy, who give to the poor and fast and pray. The Holy Spirit will fill their heart and the Lord will show them mercy on judgment day. Let's lay for us our, ourselves this treasure, a treasure of mercy in heaven where no moth eats, no rust destroys, nor thief steals glory to God forever. Amen.